0: Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's show I have Kelly Darling, co-author with her sister Sophie S. Ford of the book Is Love Enough? Toxic Relationships worth holding on to or time to let go sophie and kelly were raised in an environment of family violence and alcoholism this upbringing led them to be unable to form a clear sense of what a healthy relationship is and left them both open to breakdowns in their marriages Kelly now works as a counsellor, predominantly with couples. She also works with individuals who struggle to understand their internal pain and supports them as they continue their quest for belonging and love. Sophie runs SANS, which is a pregnancy, newborn and infant loss centre in an area of the South Island, New Zealand, and has a diploma in life coaching. Let's dive into this important conversation in which we ask, is love enough? Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello Kelly, welcome to the show today and thank you so much for agreeing to have this chat with me. Can you please tell us a bit about yourself and your journey and a bit about what has led you to do the work that you are doing at the moment?
1: Absolutely. So I started out um, down this pathway to help women when I found myself volunteering for a family violence agency at about the age of 27 and um, what I what I realized as I was volunteering was that I was doing that because I was identifying with these women from my own past and um, I realized that there were things I hadn't acknowledged or got help with myself and Um, As I volunteered with these women that were in really desperate situations, I um, decided I wanted to train as a therapist um, in this area. So at the age of 31, with a one-year-old baby, I um, retrained as a counsellor. And uh, that's about 11 years ago now that I completed. And I found myself really drawn to helping women feel empowered and uh, changing their relationships or
0: changing
1: the way they view themselves.
0: That's fantastic. It's really interesting as to you know what leads us to do the things that we do and to work in, in this kind of area. And there is usually some sort of direct experience for people whether it's in their childhood or in their adulthood where they've they've experienced some form of abuse and then this then when you come out the other side of that you then want to make use of your experience to help others because you've got that complete and total empathy for what they're going through and um, you don't want to see them stay stuck in that situation any longer than absolutely necessary so I think it's fantastic that I applaud you for uh, firstly going into that area of volunteering with a domestic violence agency because those agencies are there to support women who are in crisis it's not just the stage of abuse where things are becoming unmanageable they are completely unmanageable by the time a woman is referred to a domestic violence agency and things are very frightening for the woman and potentially if she has children for the children too so it's it's a very critical area to become involved with and um, you're seeing women when they're at their absolute most vulnerable state and um there's a lot of a lot of support needed at that critical time and just from my own personal experience with having that need to be involved with domestic violence agencies because things had become so dangerous for myself and for my children um, I don't think that I could have navigated the circumstances that I was dealing with had it not been for the support of those agencies and having having somebody to talk to to say this is happening what, what should I do with this whether it was something to do with the intervention order or waiting for a hearing which was being adjourned for the umpteenth time and you're still left feeling vulnerable you know because that hearing has then been protracted and you're still waiting on a resolution for the problem which had turned your life completely upside down mm-hmm. um, There's, you know, this sort of support is so needed and I'm just so pleased that there are agencies in different countries who give women support in this much needed area and I do remember I had some support from somebody that there were people working in different roles in that agency and there was you know somebody who was giving me um I was getting some sort of legal advice I was getting some um helping me to unpack the trauma you know assistance that um, I was feeling and I also had somebody who helped me with some practical aspects of it, taking me to the welfare office to help connect me with the right level of support from the welfare Um, office and also taking me to thrift shops too because you know the children and I had fled with absolutely nothing and needed to get some clothing to tide us over while we were in refuge and they play such an important role absolutely such they're an absolute godsend absolute godsend to women and i really applaud you for involving yourself in in an agency and then going on to further yourself in becoming a trained counsellor because that kind of emotional um, support is absolutely needed and it's not just a case of being needed for, it's not like having this, wound that will heal within a week or two weeks this is these things are very complex aren't they and and it takes a lot of time and you need to tap into supports like counselling supports and particularly counsellors who have experience. In you know they specialize with this area of toxic relationships and abuse, and um, I'm so pleased that you you have focused on that as being your area of um, of being able to help people. Do you am I right in thinking that you also counsel um, give you're a counsellor for couples as well? Is that right?
1: Yes, so I do work with couples and I work with individuals and I find both roles um, very interesting and helpful in their own way because some of the couples I see, I, I do see a lot of hope. I see that they're both willing and reasonable people. However, I also see couples where... There really is contempt, there's a lot of anger, Mm. a lot of distrust and these are the relationships that are much more difficult to turn around. So um, that's where it can be helpful to do individual work, especially if somebody is in a toxic relationship and they can't find their voice when the other person is in the room. They don't feel safe. They are worried about the consequences following the end of the session. And so I really find individual work is is equally as powerful as doing couple work. Um, Yeah, so to answer your question, I work with both.
0: Well, that then leads me, I suppose, to, you know, the reason why I um, asked you to be on the show today is because you and your sister have collaborated on a book called Is Love Enough? Toxic Relationships Worth Holding On To? or time to let go and this is like a fantastic topic for conversation because women who are caught in toxic relationships are often very unsure and confused about where they are at on the scale with whether they should be staying and trying to work through things within the relationship or whether it's time to let go of the relationship and move on. So I would love to hear some of your insights about this. As I said, it's, it's such a crucial topic. Yes, it's a,
1: it is a crucial topic. And uh, my sister and I have both been through relationships marriages where um it was it was a um it was mirroring basically what we had gone through as children and what we had witnessed in our own home and I guess when you're used to a certain interaction or a family dynamic it it feels familiar and it feels like that was normal Mm. and so we both ended up marrying men who created that dynamic again um, of us feeling unsafe, not important, and that um, we really just didn't matter. And so we're coming from a place of real experience. And what we have realized is that life is a process. Anything we do in life is a process. And finding out what your worth is and what you deserve is a a painful process because you can come to understand that the marriage or the partnership you're in is not valuing you in the way you deserve. And so we like to, in our book, you know, start to challenge those beliefs you have or being the good girl or trying to please, or keeping the family together. And so we're trying to get people at that contemplative stage of why am I so miserable? Why do I not have joy in my life? And it's exhausting, right? It's, it's exhausting being in a relationship where you're avoiding conflict, trying to keep the peace, worrying about the next argument. And so we're here to help people through that process so they can really gain an understanding of what they truly deserve to
0: feel empowered. That's fantastic. And that point that you've made so many, you know, valuable points with the things that you've just said to me, one of the points um that you make in the way in which women become disempowered within a relationship as that being a very good indicator uh, you know if you're in being presented with that um contemplation of am i empowered in my relationship or Is there something going on where I'm feeling disempowered? Am I feeling like I don't have a voice anymore? Am I feeling like I've lost myself in this relationship? Um, Am I feeling like I'm compromising what is important to me just to try and keep the peace I just want to take a quick break to tell you about a little competition I am running at the moment to hopefully put a bit more sparkle into your day and help you feel special and valued. I believe every girl deserves a bit of sparkle power. So once a month, I'm giving away a gorgeous tiara to one lucky listener. Here's what you need to do to go into the draw. Just write a review on your favorite podcast app, paste it onto your Facebook stories and tag me, Sandy Johnston. Your reviews help other women find the podcast more easily, which means the absolute world to me. Okay, now back to today's episode. I think you gave me a sense that you do present those sorts of questions in the book for women to just start thinking about where they're at in the relationship. Do you then in the book also lead on to the different paths available to women to go down in terms of seeking some support to either try and work through things in their relationship or support that they might need in exiting their relationship if that's what they feel is the right thing to do we do we we cover all aspects
1: of the options available so we talk about staying in the relationship but having big changes from both people we talk about it just continuing the way it is and what does your future look like um not an ideal outcome and we talk about leaving and what that process looks like that it you know it's a very frightening thing to consider but there's support out there Mm -hmm legal support, financial support, emotional support. And we talk them through what the first few nights feel like. Um, We provide them with affirmations and resources and um, very good websites where they can really start to look at how can I be supported through this if this is what I decide to do. Uh, One of the biggest things that we raise in our book is that your life is also your children's life. So, what you are living, they are living. And we really bring that to people's attention because it's one thing to make a decision about yourself and, and what your life is like, but it, it's a whole different complexity when you're also, you know, possibly exposing children to mm. them being unsafe. And so we do talk about the importance of that and um, that we're not just empowering the mother or the woman, we're helping her to feel empowered for her children so they feel empowered too.
0: That's a really, really, really important topic to um, talk about um, because when you have an overly anxious mind, It's very, very challenging to keep an even keel when it comes to parenting your children and it's very challenging to try and detach those worries that you are experiencing in trying to keep yourself safe and your children safe and have your children not have any fallout from that that shared experience that you're all living and um yeah i like i think that's really great that you've included given some strategies to help mums with that area because i think that it's one thing you know when you are on your own and you're going through violence uh, you know domestic violence and coming out the other side and it's a whole other thing when you've got children involved it brings a, a whole different range of complexities to try and manage in firstly, keeping your children safe, but then giving your children a sense of security when all security has been sort of t- stripped away from you. So it is, it's is—it's very challenging. And I think one of the things which I feel is that women should not beat themselves up about, you know, their not being able to be the best mum all the time through those challenging times because that can then put another lot of pressure on you where you just you end up beating yourself up for failing as, as a mum when that's not, it's just going to compound things for you. Um, but to allow yourself some grace to fall down, your children love you if you, you know, let them know that you're sorry if you have done, you know, something that has not made them feel the safest or most secure, and just let them know that your love is there and that you're doing your very, very best, because you know, to keep them um, happy and secure and feeling loved. So, I yeah, I would suggest that because it can be something that women can beat themselves up over because I used to joke about this and say that's it I'm not winning mother of the year again this year you know (laughs) because I knew that I was imperfect I wasn't doing a perfect job of parenting while I was dealing with these massive massive complexities and massive stresses in my life and so when those things would happen I'd acknowledge them and I'd try and make a bit of a joke of it with myself to say well you know there goes the mother of the year award again never mind you know maybe next year you know so um yeah how do you feel about that Kelly oh
1: yes well we have to have compassion for ourselves as you say we are imperfect Um, We make mistakes and I think we also need to take responsibility for those and let our children know as well and try the very best that we can and when we get it wrong, you know, just pick yourself up and try and do better next time. Really having, we talk a lot in our book about that self-compassion. You know, if you're not your own best friend, nobody else is going to be So you need to be on your own side. And, you know, if you've made a mistake, just try differently next time. And also have self-validation. So, you know, I do feel anxious. I am going through a lot right now. And it, it really makes sense that I wasn't available for the children last night or they saw me crying or I shouted you know, because we've got, we're, we're going through a difficult time, they, these moments, these times are very, very distressing, and so we have to get the balance right between, you know, seeing where we've gone wrong, but also knowing that we've got that wrong because we're distressed, and it's yeah. an upsetting time, so, and, and being transparent with your children about that, so they're not really confused Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: think if we hide a lot of stuff from our children they they know anyway they know if mum's not good and so just being transparent with them in an age-appropriate way like not telling them lots
0: of
1: awful details but just letting them know it's a really difficult time.
0: Yeah that's I think that is one of one of those really really tricky things is You don't want to overburden your children and so it's finding the right language to just really speak things truthfully to them but very, very simply, as you say, without all the gory details but just to give them a sense that, you know, there's a reason why mummy's, you know, feeling this way at the moment and um, it doesn't mean that mummy doesn't love you and yeah you just it really is very tricky there's some very tricky conversations I remember having to have with my children who were all very young still they were between what were they like you know they were all primary school aged very early you know like six Six to eight, when things were getting, you know, just out of completely out of control, and um, there was no. It was very unhealthy for the children to have their father around, and um, and the children didn't understand, and so they would then put pressure on me to say, well, why can't we see Daddy? And, you know, it's not fair. And, you know, I was ending up getting blamed for not having Daddy in the picture. And and I needed to find some language to, to explain to them because there was substance abuse involved and I needed to find some words to tell them that he wasn't well without because there was no way they were going to understand what a substance abuse problem meant that means nothing to a child and so I had to try and find a way to to be a little you know like to give them some truth that they would understand to show them that there was a reason why you know daddy wasn't around at that time so um, yeah, very, very tricky having those kinds of conversations with your children. But I would advise anybody who's listening who is needing to have these kinds of really tricky conversations with their kids about these complex problems to speak to a counsellor and you know get some support and some advice about the appropriate way in which to communicate if you are feeling really at a loss about the right context or the right picture to paint for your children that's not going to be damaging or overburden them just reach out and get some support I often will mention that there's lots of online free counselling services out there you know for dementia domestic um violence that women can tap into to have a conversation with somebody a trained counselor who can give them some advice somebody like yourself kelly who can they can talk to and you could help guide them in the right sorts of things to say so I'm, I'm so grateful you're doing what you're doing it just i yeah i think it's amazing Um, I I was just wondering if you could give some context to is love enough in terms of toxic relationships
1: absolutely so the, the word love is a an interesting word because so many people describe it in different ways and Uh, We can feel love when we feel addicted to somebody. Mm. We can feel love for a friend. We always feel love for our children. But what does love look like with a significant other? And we try to describe what we believe is love, and that is real, healthy love, as opposed to a damaging love, a destructive love a love where people don't feel safe and people can stay together for decades and say that they love this person, but you don't see it. You don't feel it. It, It's not, they don't have loving interactions. They don't speak kindly to each other. And so we talk about the kind of love that we deserve as humans to feel a safe connection To know that we can bear something about ourselves that we don't like and they will still love us. That they see our beauty for all of who we are. And we also talk about love not being perfect. But without conflict, there is not growth. So there has to be conflict in a relationship for you to grow together as a couple. But it's safe conflict you don't leave each other wounded or not speak to each other for days or have screaming rampages or affairs or whatever it is that when people have conflict in their relationship they then sit down and talk about why it hurt what did you experience how can i Say something or do something differently so I don't hurt you. And so, this is what we talk about as being love the the kind of love where you feel safe.
0: Absolutely. I think that. Thank you so much for giving it such a fantastic context because love is a doing word, isn't it? It's not just a word that we just say because it's really easy to say, I love you. That you know, that really needs to be followed up with actions, doesn't it, To You need to be made to feel as though that that is something that is really genuine. And, um, yeah, and in a toxic relationship, there'll be a lot of conflicting things that will not display that action of love that will be quite... The contrast to that, and um, yes,
1: yeah, that causes a lot of confusion for people. Yeah, you're telling me you love me, but I, I, I don't feel it. Um, and so, and we talk a lot about you. There needs to be actions need to match words. Yes, and when you have that happening, it's a really good thing. Yes, if it's not, it, it is a a warning sign that yeah that maybe it's not genuine
0: yes yeah um, and what you said too about the love oh the, w- within a healthy relationship that there needs to be some conflict because that is what enables us to grow and our whole purpose in life is to grow and develop and it doesn't mean that the you know the minute that we're finished with our schooling as children that we suddenly know everything there is to know about life and love and the universe we that that is just a a component of our learning which is dedicated to education at that time but there are so many different forms of education that we go through in life and That those formative years as we're growing up and we're receiving our sort of academic, you know, education to prepare us for adulthood and for the workforce more more than anything, there's not a lot in there that goes into our emotional development. And that in terms of our exterior schooling experience, all of that emotional development really comes from the environment in which we're living um, in our home in the context of our home and so if we're not really developing and growing much you know because of that experience for us in our childhood then we've got a whole lot of extra learning to do in our adulthood and that's okay it just you know i think as you say life is a process or it's a journey and you know it doesn't mean to say that we won't learn these things or we can't learn these things but they they are there to be learned as we journey along in life no matter what stage we're at in life and you'll find a lot of people who are older will say, I've still got so much to learn. <laughs> Whereas when we're younger, we think we've got all the answers and it's, really, it's really, really, really funny. A quick question. Do you ever wish you had more confidence to work through conflicts in your relationship? And do you wish that you had the courage to face the things that are holding you back? Or have you left the relationship and you just don't know how to start piecing your life back together again? Do you feel like it's impossible to have something better? Now, I'm not talking about putting your safety at risk to achieve a better life. I am talking about putting your safety first and doing the things you need to do to achieve the things you deserve. Maybe you're afraid that help and support is out of your reach. I know this feeling. I used to feel this way too. That's why I wanted to make things super easy for you. So I've put together a couple of offers to help you get started. You can access these offers easily by going to www.sandyj.com.au. The first offer is a free guide with five tips to gain confidence and courage to deal with the tough stuff. If you are feeling confused and scared about how to move forward this guide is a great resource to help you get started. The second offer is a discovery call which is my gift to you which was just for the month of November but I wanted to extend this offer all through December and January as I know the holiday season can be an especially challenging time of the year where people need extra support. This is also the time when many of us ask ourselves if it's time for something better, if it's time for something more than what we currently have. To give you an idea of what to expect in this call, we have a chat about where you're at, what you are struggling with, and what solution you are looking for. I want you to have useful tips you can implement in your life today to help you get started on the road to recovering control over your life and your choices. How's that sound? Now back to today's show. But I love that in a healthy relationship that you can grow so much, you know, there's so much scope within those intimate relationships that you have in your life. For growth and development and it can be such such a joy it can be so painful at, you know at moments when you're going through those moments of conflict and working out what it is that you need to learn in terms of your own personal growth and development what's the lesson here for me there'll be a lesson there for the other person as well but all of this is allows us you know that room that we need to grow and develop to be our best self. the best version of ourselves I suppose yes
1: absolutely yeah um I just wanted to add one thing about conflict I think if people don't have any conflict in a relationship then someone is not speaking up or saying what they need to say because you most couples are very different people and they have different backgrounds and different ideas about things so that that conflict is healthy if its experience is safe but if, if there's no conflict at all then somebody might have lost themselves or just going along with keeping the peace so that's just important to note as well.
0: Yeah, well, that brings back a few flashbacks for me (laughs) when you say that I've been there, definitely. I've known what it's like to um, just really lose my voice and take the path of least resistance. Um, And it's, I guess what you're talking about now is also that dominant and submissive. Kind of roles that people can take on in a relationship, and that can be okay. But that dominant submissive thing that you still need to have, like really um, mutual respect in within that, if it's going to work. If there's not mutual respect, and the submissive person will end up feeling like a doormat and being a doormat and, you know, being walked all over. So yeah, that, that that's definitely been on my learning path for sure. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that one up. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some other people who, who will relate to that too. Okay. So, the next question I'm going to ask you, you know, you may be aware of the statistic that it takes a woman um, on average 12 times before they finally break free from an abusive relationship. Can you suggest some tips for women who think it's time to let go but don't think that they can break away? Yes, um, that, that
1: is tricky because they need to know Somebody in their family or a friend needs to know that they're thinking about doing this. So one of the most important things I would say is don't do it in secret. I mean, do it in secret from the person you're trying to leave, but have a safe person know what you're trying to do. Also, um, prepare in advance. So, So have some money set aside, some cash, know where your passport is, um, have a different credit card at a different bank, Um, try and and have some really practical things organised so that you know uh, when you do decide to leave, because sometimes people decide to leave without knowing they were going to do it on that day. It might just be that they've reached the limit Mm. or something has happened and they've been sent over the edge and Sometimes we just don't know. I didn't know the day I left my husband that that was the day. Um, so we, we need to be prepared and, and have a backup plan and have somebody know what we're doing. So um, that would be my advice. And also reach out to those free resources online, um, free texting, the counseling services, the family violence agencies. Because they are designed to help these vulnerable people. They are there for you and you, you deserve to use them. Don't don't feel like you don't deserve to
0: access a service because you do. Yeah, thank you. That's really great that you said that at the end too, because there's so much shame and embarrassment women feel about being in that vulnerable situation and it's really important to just remind them that there is no shame in asking for help and support and that this seems like you know completely unfathomable at the time where it's happening that you could be in this position that your relationship is is ended that you know you've taken it on yourself that there is no other way but to leave in this moment even though you have feeling completely insecure you, like the foundation has just been taken from underneath you and you just don't know how how you are going to manage from this point forward and everything seems just so incredibly hard there is Help. There is support for every step, difficult and challenging step that you need to take, and um, and when you get those supports around you, it is so much easier to make that huge leap that you've made, and to transition and find your feet again to then go on to find yourself again and to find your joy and your purpose in life again and everything that you've lost, you can get back again, but you can get back again with peace of mind, knowing, you know, that um, you're back in control of your life and your destiny. Yes
1: and into your dignity about what, what you're trying to do yes
0: yeah did you, did you say dignity yes yeah, yeah. You
1: say dignity, that you're trying to make a really positive change for you yes
0: yeah. yeah that's fantastic I love that word because you do or you can have this loss of dignity at that moment and um, particularly Most women who are abused are financially abused so they don't have any financial stability and when you lose that financial stability, you lose or you feel like you've lost your dignity. So every time you have to go cap in hand and ask for some sort of charitable support, it's so hard to hold your head up high and feel like a a whole person in those moments when you are at your lowest point and needing to ask for that sort of help. But just know there are so many women who have been in that position before you and you don't have to stay where you are. This is just a step along the path and you you will recover and you can recover. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. Oh, look, this is a big question. What part do you think alcohol and other substances play in abusive relationships? So,
1: you can have abusive relationships with no substance abuse, and then you can have abusive relationships with substance abuse. When there is substance abuse involved, the um, potential for like injury or death will be a lot higher because Mm -hmm. they've got a drug in their brain. Also, um, the chance of saving the relationship while the substance abuse continues is very, very unlikely because they're not operating from a place of sound mind. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, many people with substance abuse problems, particularly violent men, will, will bl- blame that on their partner or um, say, you know, I don't have a problem, I'm not getting help for this and you've just got to to manage or deal with it. Well, yeah, that I mean, that is extremely difficult and um, it, it's really unacceptable because then I... I understand why um, it's very difficult to leave these situations, but it is also important to know that it is very unlikely that they will change if they don't address the substance abuse problem.
0: Yeah, very well said. Um, It took me a very long time to come to that realisation because I wanted to... Of course, live in hope that the promises that I was being made—that this was the last time, never again—I'm done with drugs. That that was heartfelt, and that that would actually equal, you know, um, the action. You know, would follow, and um, and I was just disappointed, you know, over and over again um, because he wasn't able to fulfill those promises that he made and he was also unable to take responsibility for what he was doing. So um, it took me a long time to wake up to that and, um, and I'm glad that I did, obviously, but, you know, I did lose everything, you know, in holding out hope for him to change. And I don't think my story is uncommon. So <laughs> it's, yeah, I think that's why it's such an important conversation to have um, and to be open and honest about. different sort of risks involved when substances are involved in that abuse so um, yes yeah it's a really important conversation all right what is something that has been influential in helping you to overcome struggles that you have faced
1: an influential thing for me is that I got back my identity. So I I lost myself in the marriage and the relationship, being a mother. And um, I realized once I got out that I'm really creative and and I'm a resourceful person. And I had lost that part of myself because anxiety and fear takes all of your energy. And so... Um, I also spoke to a counsellor weekly as that was funded by the government here. So um, that was so helpful. It was one of the most helpful things, things I did and I was very lucky I could access it. And so just knowing that, the, that those counsellors are available and they will help you to start to believe in yourself again because we can really lose ourselves lose our identity and just forget you know we forget that we're important we come at the bottom of the list so just that i i am important my identity is strong now and i i have more energy to be creative
0: yeah fantastic yeah so good yeah um all right now What do you do when you need motivation to face the challenges?
1: The daily challenges?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Let's talk about the, let's go back and rewind to that time when you were coming out the other side of your broken marriage and just let's talk about it in that context. And so, what do you do when you need motivation to face, or did what motivation did you need to face those challenges?
1: Yeah, so I did depend heavily on my sister was a great support so Mm -hmm. if I was plummeting or felt that I couldn't get through the day she would remind me that I needed to for myself and for my daughter and um, an important thing that I realized is that I could allow myself to feel to cry and feel sorry for myself for about 30 minutes and then I had to get on with my day because if I stayed self-pity then I wasn't productive and so um, I gave myself the compassion that I deserved I'd have a big cry in the shower or driving to work and then I'd say to myself okay right time to step into the day and so that's really important to to do that and 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 then let people know if you if you are having a particularly bad day and they can just be a little bit more gentle with how they talk to you or, or what you need if you're at work or with friends. So, so just telling people where you're at, but don't get caught in the self-pity because yeah. that, that can um, trap you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such good advice, really, because um, it is easy to get stuck in that place. It's really understandable to fall into a well of self-pity because of everything that you're dealing with and, you know, the emotional turmoil that you're dealing with the trauma the anxiety it's very very easy to fall into that well of self-pity but um, if you do fall into that well of self-pity then it becomes really difficult to pull yourself back out of it and um, my children too were you know my saving grace because they basically, I I knew I had that very similar self-talk to you. So if I allowed myself that moment to fall down, because of everything that was on top of me, then I would say, well, right, okay, that's it. But now it's time to get up and look after these kids. So you've become very, you know, very practical, don't you? And, and that, i think that's a real strength it can be a real strength and it it maybe you're just going through the motions you know to get through your day during those times but it it really builds so much strength in a strength in you when you can give yourself that nudge to continue on with whatever responsibilities you have um that strength will just continue to to grow when you're going through those challenges i love that advice i absolutely love that thank you so much for that um okay do you have a, a common myth about domestic abuse that you would like to debunk one is um,
1: the important the the question that people ask is why does she stay? Mm. I always ask the question why does he abuse her? Mm. So um, women don't purposely stay in relationships. That it didn't start out like that. There was, you know, there's a myth that people might um, get like the drama or or just really silly myths about um, why women stay in abusive relationships. But they stay in abusive relationships usually because they're frightened to leave Mm -hmm. or because Mm -hmm. they've been so um, depleted of resources and self-worth over the years that they don't feel that they have any value. So they don't want to be in those relationships, but, but they've lost the value. And mm-hmm. so, so, so myths about that they, they stay there um, because they don't know any better is, is things like that are just not true and not helpful
0: yeah or that it's easy for them to leave you know and saying why doesn't she just leave like (laughs) she's got that you know like that path is just fully open to her well the reason that she stays is because she can't see that path she feels trapped so yeah it's yeah thank you again that's a, a great answer is there anything that you would have liked me to ask or cover, Kelly, that we haven't touched on? Um,
1: just a reminder, too, that you, you are a person of value and, um, and that there is, there is a life to be led after an abusive relationship and it can be a really beautiful one.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Now, the listeners, could you please share any links for the listeners to find you and to find your book, Is Love Enough? Toxic Relationships Worth Holding On To or Time To Let Go? Yes. So uh, you can go to
1: our website, loveenough.com where we have the paperback and ebook available also we're up on amazon so if you search the title of our book and maybe the authors sophie or kelly that will come up as well and you can find us on facebook sophie kelly love and you can join our group and get great resources and information
0: Fantastic and then I will include all those links in the episode notes for the listeners to find you and for the final question because this podcast is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast what does this title mean to you as a woman? Oh
1: good question Um, it
0: means that we deserve to be
1: treated as the princesses we are we um, will have tears along the way but they can be tears of joy and when they're tears of pain it means that we are learning something and we will always triumph at the end so Life is swings and roundabouts, but at the end of the day, if we keep moving forward, we can triumph.
0: Fantastic. That's a brilliant answer. Thanks so much, Kelly, and thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Sandy. Wow. Some days it's so hard to pick the top 10 takeaways from the show because there are just so many fantastic points to take away with you. But here they are. Here are the top 10 takeaways from today's show. Number one, if you can't find your voice in your relationship or if it doesn't feel safe, it is a good idea to seek some support with counselling, therapy and coaching. Number two, if you are asking when is it good to do couples counselling, it is good when both people in the relationship are open to working on the issues and still have trust in each other. Number three, Life is a process. Anything we do in life is a process. In relationships, finding out what you are worth and what you deserve can be a painful process. Number four, if you are miserable and lacking joy in your life, ask yourself why and get support. Number five, your life is also your children's life what you are living your children are living too. Number six when we make mistakes we have to have compassion for ourselves and acknowledge we're not perfect and try to learn from this to do better next time. Number seven when you make a mistake try and have self-validation by saying I am going through a lot right now so it is understandable if We cry or we fall down, but don't stay down, get up again. Number eight, love equals safe connection. Safe conflict in a relationship equals growth. In love, actions need to equal words. Number nine, if there is no conflict in a relationship, then someone may have lost their voice and themselves in that relationship. Number 10. Anxiety and fear steals all your energy. If you stay in self-pity, you can't be productive and you can get trapped. Hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Wow, some days it's so hard to pick the top 10 takeaways from the show because there are just so many fantastic points to take away with you but here they are. Here are the top 10 takeaways from today's show. Number one, if you can't find your voice in your relationship or if it doesn't feel safe, it is a good idea to seek some support with counselling, therapy and coaching. Number two, if you are asking when is it Good to do couples counseling. It is good when both people in the relationship are open to working on the issues and still have trust in each other. Number three, life is a process. Anything we do in life is a process. In relationships, finding out what you are worth and what you deserve can be a painful process. Number four, If you are miserable and lacking joy in your life, ask yourself why and get support. Number five, your life is also your children's life. What you are living, your children are living too. Number six, when we make mistakes, we have to have compassion for ourselves and acknowledge we're not perfect and try to learn from this to do better next time. Number seven, when you make a mistake, try and have self-validation by saying, I am going through a lot right now. So it is understandable if we cry or we fall down, but don't stay down. Wow. Some days it's so hard to pick the top 10 takeaways from the show because there are just so many fantastic points to take away with you. But here they are. Here are the top 10 takeaways from today's show. Number one, if you can't find your voice in your relationship or if it doesn't feel safe, it is a good idea to seek some support with counselling, therapy and coaching. Number two, if you are asking when is it good to do couples counselling, it is good when both people in the relationship are open to working on the issues and still have trust in each other. Number three, life is a process. Anything we do in life is a process. In relationships, finding out what you are worth and what you deserve can be a painful process. Number four, If you are miserable and lacking joy in your life, ask yourself why and get support. Number five, your life is also your children's life. What you are living, your children are living too. Number six, when we make mistakes, we have to have compassion for ourselves and acknowledge we're not perfect and try to learn from this to do better next time. Number seven when you make a mistake try and have self-validation by saying I am going through a lot right now so it is understandable if we cry or we fall down but don't stay down get up again. Number eight love equals safe connection. Safe conflict in a relationship equals growth. In love actions need to equal words. Number nine, if there is no conflict in a relationship then someone may have lost their voice and themselves in that relationship. Number ten, anxiety and fear steals all your energy. If you stay in self-pity you can't be productive and you can get trapped. Hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did.